we're going to look at two, uh, 2 Corinthians, the, just really only two verses uh, at the end of the chapter. I'm going to read them to you first, hopefully, if I can find the right page. Um, and if you've got a phone or whatever you want to follow it, it's one, one, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21, 22, 23, and 24. But I'm only really going to talk about 21 and 22, to be honest. Should we pray first? Father, I pray that as we look at your word, your spirit would speak truth into our spirits. Father, I pray that we'd engage our minds but not stay there. That your truth would go through ears and mind and would encourage us in our spirits. Holy Spirit, come. Take your written word, which is... Lord, bless you for it. Unchanged be the same. But Father, speak into our situations, into our lives now. The current truth that you want to share with us. Just invite you. Lord, we're willing to be obedient to what you tell us. We don't want to be hearers only of your word. And so deceive ourselves, but do us too. And the people said... Amen. Okay, here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, very end of the chapter. Uh, this is quite a small text. I have to think it closer. Um, verse 21. Paul is writing. Remember last week? Sorry, but remember last week? What was last week? Oh, this is a bad thing to do. Oh, it's gonna... What was last week's passage about? Okay, let's not do that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, years of teaching te- tells you never to do that because. Be- yeah, well, oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Does they remember that? <laughs> anyway, Paul's been going on about the promises are all yes in Christ. I'm not going to read that section, but that's what he just said. All God's promises find their yes and amen in Jesus. All the promises God has made through the Old Testament, all the things He's promised you personally, they all find their yes in Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 21 and say, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth, not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. Um, the second two verses where Paul's talking about going back to Corinth and stuff, just say a little bit about that. The whole uber context, the whole overview of this first chapter and these verses here really is about Paul sort of justifying almost him, his travel plans. He had set the church in Corinth up and, and whatever the details are, I don't necessarily know, but somewhere, somewhere or other, he'd said he'd go and see them and then he didn't and he changed his plans and people in Corinth have been um, accusing him of being double-minded and whatever, and he's sort of defending that. I mean, over the last two years, uh, who's made a travel plan that had to change in the last two years? Yeah, we've, we've come to learn about changing travel plans, and Paul is saying here, really, look, I, you know, I have been commissioned by Jesus with a massive job of, of preaching the gospel to Gentiles. Surely you can trust me in little things like when I come and see you or not. I think that's the sort of, that's the context. In context of the letter, that's what he's getting at. But on the way, he says some amazingly true things. 
You see, the scripture is absolutely true. Amen? But it's, but it's truth is sometimes like, I don't know, it, static truth is no good. It's got to be, it's got to be believed truth, lived truth, hasn't it? It's got to be somehow something we take inside ourselves. And I, and I love the way, I think it's the Holy Spirit, but I'll give it credit to Paul. I love the way Paul, making that sort of quite, you know, I don't know, esoteric point about travel plans, nonetheless gets into detail about the way he's been commissioned. And the first thing I want to say, verse 21, the first thing I want to pick up is... Is this? It says, verse 21, uh, it is God who makes both us and you. Just stop there for a minute. There's something democratic about the gospel. And it, it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for years, like me, or recently. It doesn't matter whether you've done a theology degree or whatever. Or not. It doesn't matter whether you're ordained or whether you're, it doesn't matter whether you're called to be a, an evangelist or, or called to be Jack and Claire and go into the middle of nowhere and preach the gospel or whether you're called to be Jesus' follower in Amersham. All of us are in the same place before God. Amen? You see, there's not super Christians. And sometimes I think we really get stuck on that thing. I could never be like that. But actually, you flipping can. Because we all stand firm because of God. Because we, the promises are yes in Jesus. They're not yes in Laurie. They're less, even less so, yes in me. They're less in Jesus. Do you get? We're all sinners saved by grace. Paul is the nearest you get to a super apostle, it seems to me. He's awesome. He goes into completely fresh territory and sets up churches everywhere. There's that bit in Acts where Luke says, I think even Luke's quite, you know, we're, God did extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even his handkerchiefs given to sick people would heal them. <laughs> no one's ever asked for my handkerchief. Say, ah. Oh. I don't think we'd heal anyone. <laughs> and Paul says, and the Corinthians were not exactly brilliant Christians, to be honest. Stuff they go through, they, go, you know, they don't get it sometimes. And Paul has a severe letter to them, all that stuff, and has to tell them off. Paul says, us and you. It's the same. Nothing else you hear this morning. I just want to emphasize the fact that every one of us who knows Jesus and tries to follow Jesus has been commissioned in the way Paul has. Not for the same task, but in the same way. Not with the same time scale and things, but with the same power. Because the power isn't Paul's, it is God or Jesus. All the promises in Jesus. Do you get? And we live outside that so much, I think. And sort of think, I can't. Anyway, that's the first thing. Democracy, okay? Both of us. Then he goes, then, here he goes. Now this is where, who was there last Sunday evening? Last Sunday evening counter? Yeah. I was a little, little bit off range then. I'm going to be bit off range here, so my apologies, because he says, uh, verse 20, so verse 21, sorry, Paul goes, he makes both us and you, makes us stand firm in Christ. Makes us stand firm in Christ. Now, I want to just pick into that a little bit if I can. Um, I don't like the NIV translation here. In fact, I think it's actually misleading. Uh, and I'm going to say why. Uh, that's why. That's my bad bit. The text is absolutely true. I think the, the way the, the words NIV choose, it's the makes that gets me. 
Um, and, and the word behind it, in fact, the old versions, uh, what do you call it? King James says, establishes. Or if you like, slightly more modern, establishes. The word behind it, the Greek word behind it, talks about um, walking on a solid place. Talks about walking where the ground's solid. Hence, it has the sense of meaning of guaranteeing and making reliable, right? And making sure. I know all about walking on solid ground. Um, in Amersham, it's largely what you do. But if you go mountain walking, quite often you walk across bits that look very solid and aren't. In fact, um, my social media tends to tell me what I was doing a year ago by bringing up pictures. Do you get this? Who gets this? Um, <laughs> uh, and about a year and a week ago, I was in the lakes walking in the most foul weather, admittedly, and we left our, our tent um, to walk uh, and went across this little valley thing. And uh, about I don't know, 10, 15 paces from the tent, I stood on a bit of grass that I thought was solid and wasn't. And the next thing I was up to my waist in, in bog. Um, it didn't really matter because it was pouring so hard <laughs> that in 20 minutes I was washed off anyway. But, but that's not the point. The ground looked solid, but it wasn't. And, and what I think is behind what Paul's saying here, when he says he establishes us, there is a sense of solid ground. There is so Come on. Who or what is a solid ground? That's what he's just said. All the promises there, yes, I'm in Jesus. Right? And God, God, in a sense, I don't mind makes you take it in the sense of he's made this possible for us and, it, and it's his power that does it. But I think there's an element in the New Testament when he talks about standing firm of us making a decision to do it. I've got to stand on the solid ground. The solid ground is absolutely solid and God's provided it. And in any situation you may be, wherever, there's always from your tent to the mountaintop, there's always a solid ground route. I didn't find it that Sunday morning. But actually, there was one. And you can't get pushed off by things. The enemy will try to tempt you into the bog stuff, but actually he just, he's got no power knocking you off it because God establishes you, yeah? But the idea that somehow we do nothing just makes us, just gets a little bit, do you get? So where else? Come on. You may shout this out. Can anyone think of a place in the New Testament where he, the, uh, the, the book talks about standing firm? Yes, bless you. Woo! Give yourself a round of applause. You're wonderful. Ephesians 6, and in fact, the Ephesians 6.13, doesn't it say, is this on the slides? Have I got 6.13? Uh, I, I gave me a lot of text. They might come in random order. Uh, so that you take your stand. He said it almost three times. When it, here, we put on the armor of God. That's the spiritual, isn't it? It's a spiritual battle we're fighting. Not against, but we put on the armor so we can stand. All right? Stand firm. Stand. There's an element of choosing to stand firm. And there's an element of, we haven't got to do it because God's done it. And they both are true. But I think makes us stand just gets an edge too far on one side of that little, do you get me? <laughs> I don't want to, you know, Paul can be confident about the Corinthians because it's God's power in the end. But you've got to sort of choose to do it. And it's easy for us to not do that. Now listen, I, I, I'm going to, say some stuff here, and if I go into an area that's gen, gen, you know, I don't want to hurt, I don't want to say anything. But I think, for example, sometimes, 
Our confidence isn't in God, but in our income or our bank balance. And the options we have because of that, because we're rich people. I think sometimes our confidence isn't in God, it's in medical solutions. Listen, hear me clear. There's nothing wrong with being rich, having money. Great, enables loads of things. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's brilliant. But it's a matter of where our confidence is. Sometimes our confidence is in our abilities to wangle us out of situations. You know, I, 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 <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. And I've often preached against people not, you know, down, go, go, doing themselves down from their abilities. But the confidence is in Jesus. You stand on the promises of God that are all true in Jesus. And they will not let you down. Unfortunately, it's a spiritual thing largely, and at times you don't see it. And that is a problem at times. Laurie, um, I don't know where you posted it around. Was it in the email? Um, that stuff from uh, the conference about us holding all the promise of offices. It was in the weekly email, apparently. Um, uh, Laurie passed around a word we had last for us as a church at Celebrate about holding on to the prophecies and promises we've been given, even if they're slow coming true. Right? We stand our confidence in Jesus. That's the solid ground ultimately. Oh, it's the solid ground eternally. Not just now, but forever. But that's what I think Paul's saying. He establishes us, makes us stand firm, if you like. And it's us and you. All the same. Just because people stand up here and have a microphone of one of these funny things, doesn't mean we don't go through the same struggles, the same problems the same uncertainties, the same corrections. We think, oh, Lord, uh, I've done that again. And indeed, if you do stand here and preach, you'll know that very often, even standing up here, Holy Spirit points to things in your life. Because we're all in the same place. But he goes on. I've lost my place entirely now. So he just says, there's then three things, or maybe four, I'll split them, three things. He then says about himself and them, in talking about uh, what he's gone to them, he says, he anointed us. Where's it gone? He anointed. Now, anointing, what's anointing? Not annoying, that's what I do. What's anointing? Blessing. So what's the physical act when you anoint somebody, usually? Pour oil on them. And in, basically in the Old Testament... It's kings and priests that get anointed. Yeah? Kings and priests. Are you a king and a priest? You are a royal priesthood. All right? In that sense, yes. And, and I'm always in the New Testament, as far as I can see, uh, anointing really talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. All three of these, anointing, set his seal, uh, deposit guaranteeing, are all about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, I, Paul, was commissioned I was put aside to do this job as by the gift of the Holy Spirit and you and us together, all of us have a commissioning of the Holy Spirit, an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Like the oil goes on the head of the guy being made king or priest, the Holy Spirit is given to us to be that power, that real practical way of knowing that we stand firm. That's how we live and walk and do it. It's not by using a compass or a map like in the old days or by using GPS on your phone you find the route. It's by the indwelling Holy Spirit.
Yep, makes sense. He then says, we're sealed. Now, sealed is a legal term. It's a, it's a, a sealed legal term. It's like, um, I think it's more, uh, not documents being sealed, it's more like you have a parcel, an important parcel, and you seal it at the point of departure in wherever it is in Egypt. You seal it, sent to Rome, and when you get it, the seal tells you it's still intact. Make sense? It's my parcel. Um, two Saturdays ago, it was my uh, two-year-old granddaughter's birthday. We were up there seeing her. Yes, you say, oh. Uh, and her birthday, her phrase was, she's got possession now, all right? Mine birthday. Mine presents. <laughs> Much the annoyance of her brother, uh, who vaguely thought it was he could open the presents. Mine birthday. Now, I think this is the picture here for me. If the picture of mate standing firm for me is walking in the Lake District, the ceiling thing is, is, is little Aphrodite saying, mine birthday. Jesus has sealed you. You're his. And he looks at you and says, mine, Kathy. Mine, Malcolm. Mine, person. Mine. Did you get? We're sealed. I, I look at you guys, and you're fantastic my friends and variety. I think, in a way, in the spiritual world, you stand out. You're marked. And those who can see, not only necessarily people who are Christians who see by the Spirit, but actually the occult, too, will see that. I think, in the spiritual realm, you have been marked. You're anointed, amen, given the Holy Spirit, and you're sealed. And it's like a, a stamp on us. And again... You know, sometimes maybe, I don't know, maybe I, I don't live up to what it should be. And, but that doesn't change the ceiling. That's an absolute thing. Now, this is where the makes a stand is okay, sort of, because the anointing and the ceiling is not something that comes and goes. The walking may do. I can drift off. But the anointing is the, done. I believed in Jesus. I was given the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'll experience it more. I'll grow and know what it means, but I'm, not, I'm sealed. I'm Jesus. I am for Jesus, and he is for me. Amen? You're, you're anointed, and you're sealed. Is this encouraging or not? And lastly, he says, uh, deposit, back to the text of I'm um, preaching on. There we go. Uh, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Guaranteeing, again, it's a legal term, deposit. It's like when you, I, I found the other day, tidy some old papers. I found the receipt I got from Sintner in Wickham when I brought my car, and I gave him £2,000 as a deposit. Well, someone in Germany made the car for me, and it came across, and I paid them an awful lot more than that to get the car, but that's another issue. It's a down payment. It's not the full amount, but it's, a, it's, 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 it's enough to know it's going to happen. And Paul says the Holy Spirit's like that. The gift of the Holy Spirit seals us and marks us, amen, but it also it's, for us, a sense of more to come. And what I know now of Holy Spirit encourages me and knows that God won't, won't, won't give up on that. What's it in Philippians where, where Paul says, I know he's begun a good work in you. will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus. God will bring it to completion. It's a deposit guaranteeing the fact that we are going to be one day, anyway, face to face. We're going to see as we now through a mirror darkly and then face to face.
It's that fantastic thing that, that encourages me and knows. And, and, and before we, before we were, uh, before we were um, service praying, someone mentioned that verse in Isaiah about, you know, you'll, they'll fly like wing like eagles. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. Remember that verse? By the way, well done. You've done your walk? Did it go well? Isn't it great being here after, after having all that way? Well done, Wendy. Did you? I tell you, it's always struck me that that verse is a crescendo. It sounds like it's going down. Would you rather fly like an eagle or walk? That's the exciting thing, isn't it? It's sort of easy to know about Holy Spirit when you're flying, I tell you. It's sort of easy to sense God's presence when it's, whoa, worship's going, taking off. And Do you know what I mean? And when you're just praying for people and they're being healed and there's people falling over all the place and all that stuff. But the verse says, they'll fly like wings like eagles. They will run and walk. And that's the harder thing sometimes. That, I think, is a crescendo. It's sort of harder doing the steady stuff. I almost think, uh, sorry, Paul. I almost think it's easier being a super apostle and going around and preaching the gospel and starting churches than living a straightforward Christian life in Cheshire Boys. It's a different sort of thing, isn't it? But that is what Holy Spirit... Holy, you see, it's all of the same Holy Spirit, but different ways we experience that. So, anointed, sealed, and a deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. And, and that is unbelievably encouraging. Unbelievably uh, positive, I know. But it's so hard sometimes not straying off into the bog of our own making rather than staying on the firm ground. And I'm sure Father goes, oh, yeah, don't worry, it's fine, whoops. <laughs> There's a verse in 1 John which says, I think, exactly the same stuff. I'm going to land on this, Laurie, that's okay. Um, can we read this together? As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in pause. That's you. It's plural. One of the real annoyances about the English language is look, we've got you for singular and plural, okay? It's every one of you, but it's you all, all right? From the left. And you don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is not fit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Remain in him is about choosing to stand on the promises. It's choosing to stand where he's put us. The anointing is for sure real. And the thing about not having able to teach you, it's the same thing saying, look, everything you need is there in Holy Spirit. Not against teaching. Teaching's good, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, but actually, all the resources you need to leave this life, when Peter again, aren't we, are yours in Jesus. Stand up, please. We're going to use the... I'm going to, we're going to go into worship. But as we do, before we do, just prayerfully read through that stuff on screen and hold that promise so let's let Holy Spirit encourage you You, if there's particular places you know that you need to say sorry Lord yeah reaffirm
confidence is in him. Fathers, thank you. I bless you, God, that your, your promises are for sure, and they're all yes in Jesus, and that you've invited us, each one of us, into that relationship with you. And we've chosen to be there. And Father, we come with different ups and downs this morning, different places you've called us to be. Neither in Corinth nor in Asia Minor, but working in London or in a school or care home or in our communities here. But Lord, the same empowering. And we bless you for that, that we can be your people. Father, pray for us corporately as well, as a a people here, as a community of your people here. Lord, that we would corporately stand on that rock that is you. Amen.